Boom, do we have a show for you today. Hello everyone, it's your friend, JF Hicks. And I get to introduce to you another episode of the Sports Creators Podcast. Happy to be with you. Remember, this show is on sportscreativespodcast.com. I'm happy to be coming at you with another powerful episode. This is a special edition recorded live at the MLC Connect 2019 in Atlanta with Rob Zilla, an award-winning illustrator, former educator, self-proclaimed vector art monster. But most importantly, he's insanely inspirational. But not that I've got my hands in the air screaming in the arena, but then you go home and you're like, what am I gonna do? He creates primarily using an iPad Pro with Apple Pencil, delivering compelling images for the world's biggest brands, including the likes of Nike, the NBA, the Wizards, Warriors, Major League Soccer, Xbox. He's even done a live illustration on ESPN's Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. No pressure, right? Rob's been in the game a while. Someone who's been a tornado over the last several years. I follow Rob on all of his feeds and especially on Instagram. His work is absolutely dope. He's like the most booked Adobe trainer on the planet. Rob is super actionable. Today is a lesson that I think is brilliant around self-confidence, breaking through fear that many creatives experience, and not focusing on the work of others and the importance of sharing your work in order to achieve. What is it? How do you develop it? What are the myths? Rob's a game changer. I hope you enjoy this episode. Get value out of it. And always, any feedback when you're listening, DM me, tweet me, get at me. I'd love to share it. A photo of you with your feet up on the beach listening to the podcast. Again, just a reminder that we're all in this together. With that, I'll get out the way. I'm here with Rob Zilla at the 2019 MLC Connect in Atlanta. Rob, welcome to the show. What up, what up? Thanks. Hey, I got to tell you, it's been a year. Last year in Chicago, I saw you across the room and I was like, man, I'm going to get Rob. I want to have him on the show. And then you like snuck out somehow. I don't know if there was like a back entrance or a door that you got out of, man, but it's been like a year. Poof. Poof. Working at magic, ninja magic. <laughs> I guess to be a great designer, you also um, you also need to have some magician skills. Yeah, it's all about illusion. <laughs> so got to talk to you about this. Everybody that comes here on the show and I sit down and they talk to me and we have a conversation. I ask everyone, like, how do you self-identify? Because we carry uh, so many titles and labels between designer and a podcaster and a blogger. And, you know, you so many, you know, you're a project manager for you. You're also, you know, a sales guy for yourself and your brand. How do you self-identify when you go to a party in like Washington, D.C. and people say, Rob, what do you do? I tell them plain and simple. Um, I draw on my iPad. That's the phrase I use, and it breaks down the whole entire thing. That's the meat of the sandwich. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, one of the things I wanted to, to talk to you about, the goal of this show, um, is that you know people come on the show, or and, and we always try to unpack actionable tips. So like, if you listen to the show, you get like a couple things that like, I can start today, not tomorrow, not like six months from now. And so it, part of our goal is helping people uh, do the things that they want and that they care about. And one of the things I want to talk to you about is whether someone's like a student or they're uh, wanting to change careers, 
um, a lot of times people just don't know where to get started. So I want to talk to you about that because you were an educator for so long, still an educator, and then you became someone uh, who kind of broke out the cultural norm, right? And, you know, changed up careers, you know, because we all know how that is. Oh, yeah. Um, and now you use an iPad, like you said. You use, uh, you know, Apple Pencil to create compelling illustrations for some of your clients like Nike and Golden State Warriors and Major League Soccer and Xbox and Adobe. And you went through, like, your client list in your presentation. So how, how do you get started when you see something that you want to do and you're not there? How did, how did you go about that process? Um, I think it's fate. It seemed like everything was pre-calculated, but not on my part. Um, right. And a lot of things just fell into place. Um, the story I told during my presentation was that I won my iPad, my very first iPad. Yeah. And that was the very first iPad that I started drawing on. And I won that iPad doing word puzzles on Twitter. Uh, amazing. But it started with that, and it started with me using it as a tool to to draw on when many people weren't at the time and even down to this is a funny story hashtagging which i accidentally did you know i'm using air quotes right now accidentally did um for you non-believers out there but um i started using hashtag and my whole job of using hashtags were to answer questions about what i was using before people had the chance to ask them i did I wasn't aware that this was searchable metadata and someone can use this to track and come back to me. But companies was doing it. And, you know, for lack of a better term, they were creeping up in my DM asking me, did I want to try the latest thing or did I want to be a part of this latest build of this app before it comes out? You know, beta testing and everything just seems to fit into place within its own time. Yeah. So I want to talk to you about how you you broke through the fear or, you know, like because as I think, you know, you were talking about this during your presentation, like sometimes you're on social media. And one of the things that, you know, I'll let you talk on your theory about social media later. But but like sometimes you you get distracted by other people's work and or maybe you want to do something. And instead of focusing on like one through three, you're we're looking at people who are at a 20 who have been doing it for 10 or 15 years. So I think naturally within creators, we. We kind of have this fear we have to break through. How did you go and how do you excel and get past that fear when you're starting new projects or starting a new skill set um, and, and setting out to do something new? You got to look at it from a perspective of I can. Um, anything you're going to fail at anything you look at from a perspective of I can't do it. Uh, that's first and foremost. Like, if, Why are you even looking at it to begin with if you feel as though you cannot do it? Um, If you are looking at something from the perspective of, I can't do it, then it's simply entertainment. Um, If your goal or or your objective is to acquire a certain skill, then you have to go in with the ability of knowing that you can actually do it. And social media is weird because it always forces you to compare yourself to somebody else. Like you're forming Venn diagrams as you go down your Instagram feed. And basically you're looking at somebody and you're you're putting yourself up against them. And a lot of that stuff out there, to be real with you, is an illusion. It's smoke and mirrors. And if you know that starting out, then, you know, that's not real life. Don't compare yourself to that. It may become real life, but for the time being, it's not. It's wrestling. 
you know, he didn't really slam him. He didn't really hit him with a chair. It just looks that way because it's entertainment. Yeah. No, that's dope. I mean, you, you know, because what you're talking about is like Instagram. When you look in your feed, that's like the highlight of their life. It's not the day by day, like uh, play by play of their life. And you got to look at it from this perspective, too. Nobody, unless they're trying to get buckets of sympathy from somebody, nobody's posting their bad days on Instagram. Right. You know, even when they're posting their bad days, they're trying to they're trying to jazz it up. They're trying to juice it up. You know, somebody might be in the hospital and they'll put on makeup. Oh, I'm doing all right, everybody. I'm doing all right. You know, but you hooked up to ventilators and everything. So don't don't fall for a whole bunch of that stuff. Like, look at the picture for what it actually is and accept what it actually is and know that what you're going through is something totally different from everybody in those little squares on your feet. Yeah. I mean, it, one of the things for my job, it's a little tough. I run the, the main accounts for Baylor Athletics, and so it, it requires me to be on social media a lot. But one of the things I try to do every morning, I have this thing that I, that I say, um, create before I can consume. Right. Because sometimes like you get on there and it's like a rabbit hole and it, you know, you forget what your goals were for the day, what you're trying to do. And now you're off into someone else's dream that you're talking about. That they, this is what you just said is not even real anyway. And it's a time machine because you'll start out and before you know it, you're so far in the future that you didn't even accomplish anything between the gap. I loved it. I'm laughing because I got to use that. Right. That is like dope. That is the best analogy I've heard of social media. As a matter of fact, more airlines and stuff should let us get on social media while we're on the plane because flights will be shorter (laughs) flights will be way shorter if i can just go down my instagram feed start and lord forbid i start looking at stories because they're chained right behind each other so yeah you can you can you can waste a half a day in no time yeah no you're so right And, and that's the thing that like keeps us from those goals too as well right i mean you know getting off task and you know 10 minutes turns into two hours it turns into four hours like you said half a business day yeah yeah so one of the things we want to talk to you about do you do you have like a daily thing like i know you know different people do different things, right? If you read success books, there's habits that people have. Is there anything that you do to to either stay um, making sure that you're in the right frame of mind for you and what you're trying to accomplish? Is there some daily habits or tasks or weekly that you that you um, take yourself through? Um, I'm one of those weird folks that I have to be doing two things at one time. Uh, so to start the day out, I have to run my creative process through my head. And to give you a visual of how that would look, it's a time lapse, a very fast time lapse of how I would create something on the iPad. And I got to do several passes of that just to see if I ironed out many of the kinks before I actually am confronted with it. Um, So my routines can switch up because most of this process is done mentally. It may be driving. I can drive and work out a drawing in my head at the same time without being distracted. Yeah. Um, I can mow the lawn. I can mop the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Just stuff like that. But in my prior life <laughs> as a teacher, yeah. I was able to teach, facilitate a classroom, but still working out my freelance things in my head wow. to the point where when I sit down and get on the iPad, it's like a straight attack. It's strictly business. Once I get there, Many of the kinks already ironed out, already came up with solutions for problems. I'm anticipating certain things happening, and um, I'm able to execute ideas a little bit quicker on the verb side of things. 
Um, so I don't have a set routine. I, I do try to have conversations with different folks around different times because a lot of ideas that I do for my passion projects come from those conversations. Uh, I think I spoke of one when my mother called Black Panther, Pink Panther, <laughs> which, which turned out to be one of the best ideas ever. So He just stumbled upon some, uh, some greatness. Yes. And I was able to make that a reality and get approached by Xbox just to do a Black Panther Xbox. So it's not a set routine. Um, I think I would get bored if I had a set routine. Right, right. It's, it's something different every day. Every day is a new adventure. But it's a process that you got. What It, it sounds like what you're describing is really like uh, visualization, right? And mm-hmm. so, like, it kind of reminds me of the story I was thinking of thinking um, it kind of sounds like the story like Jesse Owens that you hear before he uh, went over to the Olympics, obviously uh, had Hitler and, and, you know, had been talking down to Jesse. And so, you know, when, after he won his gold medals, they asked him, you know, how difficult was it? It was like you just described. He said on, 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 the, on the trip over, he had visualized everything that happened before it happened. So, no, that's dope. So, I mean, it, you know, if you're a young designer or, or even mid-career, late career, I mean, these are the kind of things that we're talking about, which are kind of next level, right? Because I always have this theory. It's like the 90-10 rule. You know, the 10% are elite and 90% is kind of just average, it's, you know. And so... That that's a tip, a nugget you just dropped. Yeah, well, ball players, basketball players in general use this entire method before they shoot free throws. They have to visualize the ball actually going through the hoop, and that's another way of getting into the can instead of dwelling in the can't. Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about: you were, you know, twenty years as an educator uh, and and doing your your passion on the side. How did you, uh, or let me let me rephrase this way: What inspired you um, originally to become a, an educator, and then w- what inspired you to to do what you're doing full time? Well, education came out of necessity. Um, the school that I attend for undergrad only had two art majors: that was printmaking and art education. Uh, of course, I came across the villain of the story, which was an uh, art professor who dominated many of the courses there and didn't really have fair grading practices. And I'm saying that on the standpoint of a 20-year veteran of education. So a lot of times um, we would get these projects where it's all or nothing. If you want eight drawings due, you had to have eight completed drawings. You couldn't have seven bomb drawings and a 75% bomb eighth drawing. Right. Like, if the eight wasn't there, then you got graded harshly on what was there. And um, so another thing was a young lady. I can't remember her name. But she asked me what my major was. And I told her at the time it was printmaking. And she was like, "Uh, okay, so how are you going to make money? (laughs) And she wasn't doing that from a, 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 you know, like, like as if she was a gold digger or any of those derogatory terms. Um, but what she was doing was she was actually using a technique we call in, t- in teaching scaffolding. She was asking me questions that lead to the answer that she really wanted. Right. And But she made me think that day. So I was like, yo, she got a point. I might need to get this degree in education as a backup in case I don't make it as a starving artist. Right. But 
Um, I got into education. I enjoy it. Um, interaction with kids and explaining and, and just creating possibilities and inspiring. Um, once that ran its course, then it was the freelance world, which is a very curious place, you know. And I know you mentioned Rabbit Hole before, but I did the Alice in Wonderland and I slid down the rabbit hole. And, <laughs> you know, things in the freelance world, they appear bigger than what they actually are. And uh, Well, uh, let me ask you, when you say that, because some people may not know what you mean. Like, what do you we, I think I know what you mean, but can you explain that? It's that whole it's that whole uh, parable about the grass being greener. Um Speak, you know, on, speak you, on that. Yeah, you're, you're your own boss and yeah. you can do what you want to do. But still in all, you're collaborating and working with someone to achieve those financial goals that you're trying to reach. So while I was teaching, I experienced some of this rabbit hole life. And um, I got to share both worlds. And eventually one world got in the way of the other world. And when... Once that one world got in the way of the other world, then it was time for me to exit one of those worlds. And I exit teaching. And it was one of the biggest, scariest things at first because um, only because I got people depending on me. Right. Like I got two kids and a wife. And um, that can determine a whole lot. Absolutely. Especially with the decisions that you're trying to make. Some decisions I hastily made out of fear. Because I felt like I had to do it. But the more that you do it, you tend to realize, like, I don't have to really do this in order to eat and survive. I can do it the way that I want to do it. And I'm at that point now where I'm comfortable with doing it the way I want to do it. Right. No, that's, it sounds like a, an incredible journey um, that you've been on between getting an education and then making that transition. So when you were making that decision to, to go, like you said, into the freelance projects and doing that full time. I know you talked about being in this place of can instead of can't, but did, did any knowing that, you know, you have a family that, that depends on you, support you, you love them, they love you. Did that because of that, did any fear pop up or doubt? Um, and I mean that within the natural sense of the process. Yeah. I mean, it it happens. Um, especially, and the, the main cause of it is expectation. Right. You expected for it to go a certain way. It didn't. So now you're starting to panic a little bit. Like, oh, it didn't go quite the way that I wanted it to go. And it could just be one project. Um, it could be a whole list of things that just happen around a short period of time that can kind of take you out of the loop, so to speak, if you're not careful. you got to just realize, like, hey, this isn't permanent. Right. It's just one experience. And you got to start reevaluating yourself. What on my part did I do to make this experience go sour? How can I change it up next time? What are some things that I can do? Because there's not really any references out there that that you can go look up. There's no encyclopedia of how to freelance as an illustrator and get all your answers. It's not there. A lot of a lot of uh, accountability. And it sounds like you that you're describing really being honest with yourself and assessing yourself at the things that you can control, because a lot of times I think just as human beings, our natural thing is to focus on what other people did. Yeah, that that affected it. We <laughs> maybe sometimes minimize what we contributed. So you're so it sounds like what you're saying is really the things that you do are are focusing on those things that you can control. And executing on those items. Yeah. And 
I mean, not to take this anywhere else, but a lot of us think that we're actually in the, the driver's seat. And and there was a commercial of a, a minivan where you saw the minivan turning and making all these sharp turns and stuff, and then they 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 panned over to a, a little child with, like, a little steering wheel with a little honky-honk horn. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to that little kid, they were driving this, this car, but it was really like the parent driving that car. So a lot of things are going to be out of your control by nature. Right. Um, but if you're ex- if you're expecting to get better, then you got to do some self evaluating, and that's just something from teaching that I brought over mm-hmm. to the design world. You got to you got to assess yourself. Um, athletes do it all the time. Right. You know they they're constantly checking to see how fast they are. Oh, you know I'm five seconds faster today. Well, what I'm doing is probably correct. Or I'm slower today. Maybe it was something that I ate last night or the amount of sleep that I got that's affecting my body. We got to do it as designers because you know there's a there's a certain peak of art athletic art art athleticism that we got to have. Um, I'm trying to combine two words together. No, nah, I love it. Yeah, but we got to do it. Yeah, yeah. So you know, self awareness is, is so key to success. I mean, that's that's what you're talking about. Self awareness, knowing how not only um, like you said, not taking anywhere else, but not only how um, how you uh, affected an outcome, but even how sometimes our behaviors affect a project, right? Whether it's the people that we work with and maybe things that we did that maybe a project went sideways, mm-hmm. right? So, no, I, I love it because I, I feel like in 2019, you know, in this social media world that we have, like self-awareness is like the gold, in 2019 so and that could not bring um up the next topic any better it seems like there's like this balance between for most people but specifically designers between like ego and self-doubt right and so and it's like a Mm teeter-totter between a chip on your shoulder and i have no idea what i'm doing (laughs) can you relate to that and can you speak on that um yeah you you gotta let it's just, that's just like the two worlds that I was in. You gotta let one go. Yeah. You know either you, either you're gonna go out in a in a blazing fire of pride, right. or you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna become humble and ask questions, or just let somebody know like, hey, I really can't do this. Um, it goes into a, a different lesson, and mostly you the one thing that you are in control of is accepting what jobs that you do. Right. If you know that job is out of your skill set. If it's something way out of the way of what you're used to displaying people, like on my Instagram feed, I only show you one thing, right. and it's the cookie theory. I'm good at baking chocolate chip cookies. Right. If you come to me asking me to do a cake, you're in the wrong place because I never showed you a cake that I made. <laughs> Even though I may be great at making that cake, right. but if you don't see that cake on my Instagram feed, yeah. why are you approaching me about making a cake when right. I got the bomb cookies? So I always try to try to create a lane, and that's a lane for me where I can execute even in times where I'm not at my highest peak. Like I can be sick and can whip out a few drawings on the iPad to meet a deadline in the style that I use because I'm comfortable with working within that style. Um, I could do far more, but I don't think that it is budgets to support be creating in that fashion. If you do have that budget, then maybe I need to create a luxury account right. and to show you this, this, how much further I could push it, which is scary. Yeah. 
And one of the things when people look at your work and they look at other people's work and they see the greatness, what you know, I'm, you're really talking about as well is really once you've worked on something, finding your niche and your your place in your lane is that you know that's what you're describing, right? And that's how you get really good, right? Practice, and it, it's not a permanent niche. It's not a permanent lane, but it's it's it's, it's doing something that is more. It's doing something that's wanted by the demographic that you're trying to reach at the moment. Um, there's a third category. I know I talked about can, can't. Yep. There's a won't that's even more important than anything. And if you look at my feed, there's certain things that you will not see. Like, I don't, I'm not out here drawing obscene art. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it if you do it. Like, right. if you can eat off of it, that's you. You gotta. If it's wrong, then you're gonna pay for it later. Then I guess I don't know. Right. But I'm not judging anybody. But I'm not out there drawing a bunch of naked women and all this other stuff because I got two young kids, and when they get older and they want to Google search dad, I don't want anything negative being pinned to my name for them. And plus, my mother is on social media, so you may you may see me use a couple of squares on Twitter because. I'm reacting to sports, but I'm just not out there using four-letter words just because they exist. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a won't lane. The won't lane. So, no, that's huge. That's really important, knowing, yeah. because that's also part of, it's in the evolution of you as a designer, as a creator, and just a human being. It's like, that's how you, because you have things you will do, but sometimes, like you're saying, those things that you won't do also are shaping where you end up being as a designer and a creator and a person. Yeah, and you got to watch those wants, man. Like, if I can do some wants yeah. and triple yeah. my social media status. Like, I can triple my followers. I can triple the amount of likes. I can triple the amount of interactions. But do I really want to interact with that audience that finds that certain thing appealing? And the answer is nah. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the things that you talk about, you talked about today, you did a keynote. I mean, absolutely slayed it. Um, you know, and, and I thought that your pace and your tone and, and how you took us on this journey was incredible. And one of the notes I'm, I'm looking down right now as I ask this question, as I ask this, you had your 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 uh, your cheat code that you talked about. And I'm not going to give away your whole speech, but I just want to talk about one part. And that was you, you had and a lot of people talk about this, but I really want to ask you about it because you really hit it out the park and you talked about hiring yourself and what comes out of that. Just can you speak on that and just how, you know, your philosophy is very unique on that. Yeah, well, I get asked a lot of questions and this question started with with students. Um, it was like folks asked me like, yo, how do you just deal with being in a slump or a creative block? Um, th- you got to look at the word. Let's break down the word creative block. There's something blocking your creativity, right? Most of the time you get caught up in your job. If you're in a creative field, sometimes just being a creative can block your creative energy because you're not really fulfilling what you find that makes you happy, right. your passion projects. And um, I tell folks, well, hire yourself. Become your own employer when it comes to that. Do a project that you always wanted to do. Write a brief for it. Execute it. If you're trying to get the eye of a certain company or industry, use the same exact approach. If I wanted to do something for a cookie company. Oh, no, I'm going crazy with cookies. 
but I'll create an illustration for said cookie company. I'll create a brief for the illustration and I will show how that illustration is being used. But then I'll go and I'll share it with said cookie, uh, cookie company on their social media platform. Yeah. But not only that, I just don't stop there. Said cookie company got a competitor. I share it with them. And share it with another competitor. Share it with another competitor. But I'm getting many eyes on this I possibly can. And I'm not being sneaky about it. Said cookie company is knowing that I'm sharing this with their, this other company. Right. And, you know, this could be us, but you tripping type situation. <laughs> um, and it works out. A lot of my work comes from me just coming up with an idea for a company. Cutting out the creative director, taking and assuming that position as a creative director, instead of them using my hands to create what they envision, create something that they probably didn't even have their sights on, present it to them, and have them confronted with it. Of course, they're not going to take it the way that it is. They're going to want to change it up just so they can personalize it and make it their own. But they had to hire me in order to do it, which means that, okay, now I put the work in. And I get paid for it. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. And one of the things that's so huge that, that I took away from what you're saying is we were talking about confidence earlier and, and you know, breaking through fear is these passion projects like this one, the Sports Creators uh, Podcast, is <clears throat> that it gives you confidence. Right. So then when you have you were talking earlier and you have a mishap on a project at work or something goes sideways or things are like you, you get I feel like you get that that confidence and it helps you with the I think you used the word mojo uh, earlier today. Have you found that as well? That's been my experience. Have you found that as well? Man, if it wasn't for art, I probably wouldn't have been teaching long. I probably would have been in had like some serious, super serious health conditions right. as far as stress is, is concerned. Um, the last subject that I taught was photography, which doesn't really connect with what I actually do on the side. Right. And it was the best nutritional supplement that I can possibly get on for my creativity because I can disconnect from photography when the end of the day comes. If a student tell me that they think that my class is stupid, then I'm not taking it to heart because it's really not what I do. But if you, if they say something like that, when it comes to like a drawing or illustration class, then I got like a little problem with that. You know what I mean? So you know, I may I may get in my feelings, and then that stress will turn into something else different. I might take that home with me, and a snowball effect may occur. But these passion projects and all these things that we do because we're passionate about what it is that we want to do, it's our escapism. Right. It's our vacation within ourselves just to get away from what we have to do and deal with more of what we want to do. So needs and wants, right? I need to do this, but once I get finished, I want to do this just so I can have fun. Yeah, if you're listening, I mean, there's a pattern here that that I'm hearing from you, needs and wants, and now you come back around, this thing's all circling. And one of the things that you had said earlier uh, in your presentation, which I thought was so powerful, you said, I don't uh, follow many, I think you said creatives, Um, I follow people who eat off what they love. Yes. That, that was, I mean, that's so powerful. That's very powerful because it actually hints on that word that I use. And I told everybody that my favorite word was go. Yeah. Just go out and do it. So when I see somebody on Instagram yeah. doing something 
that they're super passionate about and they're executing it on a level that nobody else is and they're eating off of it. That's the first thing that I re- reply to in the response. I put go with an exclamation point. I'm cheering them on, but it's also a signal to me as well because that gives me clearance that I can do what I want to do and go with it from there. And folks pay attention to it. They love it. And they regurgitate that same message back to you when they see you doing the same thing. But if I if I was to follow a whole ton of different art accounts, I will get trapped into that Venn diagram that I spoke of earlier. So I'll follow somebody who is an excellent chef. I'll follow someone who does makeup. I mean, to a science fiction type feel where they can make you look like a zombie. I'll follow someone who 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 customizes shoes. I'll follow somebody who rides a BMX bike. I even follow a guy who is like a top level fencer. And just to see them perform gives me the most inspiration more than me seeing another artist do their thing. Yeah. And then also does that also, you were talking earlier about not comparing yourself to others. Does that also play into it by not following a bunch of creators, but finding those people who do things at like an exceptional level? Does that, does it help it by not following a bunch of creatives? It, well, for me, I guess it's personal for everyone. But right. For me, yeah, it, it, it does. Because um, eventually I'm going to start to question and say, like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. You know? And then my self-evaluations are going to be based on the success of somebody else. I don't want my... I don't want to be this person. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm, I'm glad they're doing it. Go. I'm going to put that down in the comments. Yeah. You know, you created a, you drew a horse and it looks realistic. Go. But I'm not going to get that much motivation out of it. Right. Um, but if I see that you're, like I said, I thought I brought up um, Nigel Sylvester, who's a, a, a BMX freestyle, professional BMX freestyle rider. And the, the one thing that I mentioned was how you go from riding a BMX bike to actually being sponsored by Mercedes-Benz. You got to have a certain level of passion behind what you're doing in order just to get the eye of a company like that. Yeah. You know, those two things like Mercedes-Benz and a bike, they don't have anything to do with each other. Yeah. No, I love it. All the things you're talking about is really controlling your own destiny, controlling the mind and, and helping you get to where you want to be. Um, one of the things we kind of wrap up here that I wanted to talk to you about is uh, being inspired. I, I saw you. You lived out a dream that I thought was so hyped and I didn't do go. But I was so excited when I saw you on ESPN with Scott Van Pelt. Right. Oh, and the reason why is like that's like a creative's <laughs> dream. Like you, we all work, but many creators, we were really behind the scenes and not that we want to be the players, but you were able to do your craft on this large platform and inspire people. Because I know there's people, who, you know, for example, they may look at you and say, man, I don't see a lot of people that look like me or where I'm from. And they see you and other people inspired by you. How did that experience um, change and affect your life um, before and after you went on the show? Well, first off, um, being on SportsCenter, being on, being on ESPN in general, that was not on my roadmap. I'm not, I'm not a big thinker when it comes to things like that. Um, but it happened. But right before it happened, I could have rattled off about 15 names of people that I thought deserved to be there before I was going to be on there. But um, 
the opportunity came about through Apple. And I have a great friend within that company in who works on the iPad marketing side of things and communications who basically arranged that whole visit before we were even introduced to each other. Wow. Wow. That's like I told what I said earlier about things that just fall into place. So when the opportunity was there, he struck. And by that time, we knew each other. And I got a call when I was taking my family down south. We was going for vacation. And he was like, hey, um, how you feel about being on SportsCenter? Go, was what I said back. Um, I didn't even need to know the rest. You know, if you thought highly of me enough to have that opportunity, then I'm all for it. And I'm, I'm ready to do it. Um, being on there is a dream. Um, up until recently, I had it on my DVR. But I switched and upgraded my cable. So now <laughs> oh, that no, footage, <laughs> footage is lost. But it didn't feel real because Scott comes on late. Yeah. Um, so I was basically fueled off of sour gummy bears and, and, and Mountain Dew. <laughs> Love it. And the producer... Jack, he was a little worried. He was like, Rob, are you okay? You know, those lights going to come on. It's going to be serious. I got to give a shout out to Adobe um, because when I did their Adobe Live, that was part of my preparation for not being nervous in front of cameras and none of that other stuff. So it was nothing to me because I did it a hundred times before on Adobe Live. And you've been on Adobe Live. I don't know this for, for, for a fact, but you've been on there about as much as I've seen anybody on Adobe Live. Yeah. And... <laughs> If you don't know what Adobe Live is, it's just two hours of watching a creator do his or her thing on whatever tools using Adobe software um, for that period of time. And you can comment in, in a stream live out for the whole world from San Francisco, from a small room in San Francisco. So after I got off of there, off of um, ESPN, um, I did see some spikes in followers right. and things of that nature. Um, but the more, the, the, the best thing that happened from that whole entire experience was it was an affirmation of saying, dude, you can do this. Right. And that was part of my decision of leaving teaching. Because wow. how am I still in the classroom when I've done something like that? So that was like the, the, the thing that was really like, because sometimes we need a push, right? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, you need some reassurance. Yeah. You know? Um, and oftentimes, I guess skydivers are feel for the cord just to make sure it's there. Yeah. They'll double check their equipment. Yeah. But yeah, I was able to step on that edge and just go for it. Free wow. fall. Wow. Rob, first of all, before we go, where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? Because people need to follow what you're doing. Um, I need to change my handle, but it's Rob underscore Zilla, that's Z-I-L-L-A underscore I-I-I, because I'm the third. Funny story behind that, but we'll get into that later. But um, that's both Twitter and Instagram. Um, check out the Instagram feed. Um, I chop feed, things, is, feed is tight. I chop things up into three pieces. Uh, that's so you don't steal my bike. But you know, send, me a, send me a like, send me a message. Just let me know that you... You like what's going on. If you don't want to type a lot, then simply type two letters, G and O. I love it. Go. Go.
Rob, hey man, it's been great. I could talk to you all day long. I'm gonna have you. I, I, will you come back on? Because I feel like we have more topics that we could that we could really tap into and help people get to the career they want, the life they want, whether it's in passion or or a career. Um, will you come back on the show? Yeah, let's go. All right, there it is. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for your time. Rob Zilla, appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming through. Peace, everybody. That about wraps it up. I really appreciate you allowing me to be in your ears. Please go check me out at JFX on Twitter and sportscreativepodcast.com. Let's connect. Let's connect.